Okay, for all the Swifties who rage clicked the video about Taylor Swift being presented as a Pentagon PSYOP, no, we don't believe that. And we're well aware that she's just a, a normal person who also happens to have a lengthy and successful music career that has culminated in one of, if not the biggest world tours in the history of live performances. And uh, um, uh, she was robbed at the, the Golden Globes. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. And, um, and Joe and, Coy shouldn't have said bad things. And uh, she, she really put Travis Kelsey on the map. But the fact that Taylor Swift is such a massive star and apparently has the audacity to promote voting to her fan base, that's caused mainstream conservative media to collectively lose their minds. Couple that with the fact that, as Elliot mentioned, she is dating NFL tight end Travis Kelsey, who has the audacity to promote vaccines and is bringing in throngs of young new fans to a sport that has traditionally been dominated by men. Well, then you've got the perfect storm of outrage that is ripe for right-wing talking heads to rage bait with. And that's what happened this week when Fox News' primetime host, Jesse Waters, invited a former FBI agent onto his show to openly discuss whether or not Taylor Swift was a government asset because she told people to vote, not who to vote for, or what to vote for, or anything like that, just to vote. Jesse Waters is, I'm gonna guess, at least a decade older than me. Buddy, like, is, is Puff Daddy a, a CIA asset? He said, vote or die. Uh-huh. Well, a, Puff Daddy has his own problems. Yeah, he does, certainly does. Uh, but but I, this is just- this It's like is, every election cycle, there's this, I mean- There's a bunch of celebrities that are like, get out and vote. Yeah. The Rock the Vote campaign from the yeah, 90s, the MTV it's stuff. it's kind of always been a thing. The problem here is that Jesse Waters is desperately trying to have the same cultural significance on Fox News that- you're, uh, Tucker Carlson. You're not did, Tucker, Jesse. Because he's the one that filled Tucker Carlson's right. uh, Tucker Carlson's time slot. But the yeah. fact that this is like this is the main topic of discussion on primetime Fox News is insane. Well, they gotta give they gotta give their viewers uh, something new to fight with their children and grandchildren. Yeah. About the few times they're allowed to see them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm -hmm. So typically, the reason that conservatives get so upset about influential people promoting the act of voting is that. On average, young people do tend to vote for more liberal candidates and causes, typically because they still have hope for a better future and think that it's possible. And they also aren't 70-year-old wealth hoarders. Uh -huh. Young people understand how hard it is to survive as a young person because they're living it, baby. Yeah. So yeah, this threatens the already fragile and dwindling chances for Republican candidates in local, state, and national elections, at least in terms of younger voters. Mm -hmm. Though in attacking uh, Taylor Swift in particular, that, that has the ability to blow up in their faces real bad in a way that I don't think they've fully really prepared for yet because um, her fan base is so massive, so engaged, and so online that there is simply no way that they make it out of this unscathed. Mm -hmm. The only thing worse they could have done is go after some K-pop stars. Yeah. Those are the only stands that stand harder. But... Taylor's fans, they have the time and they have the will. Yes. And they will make your life a living hell mm -hmm. for coming for their queen. Just look at this screenshot and Chiron from that episode this week. It's hilarious. And it's totally rage bait, but they're clearly worried about the influence that she has going into this year's presidential election. It's so stupid. And the timing of this is odd, especially considering that Swift's call to action was made back in September on National Voter Registration Day, where she posted the following. I've been so lucky to see many of you guys at my U.S. shows recently. I've heard you raise your voices, and I know how powerful they are. 
make sure you're ready to use them in our elections this year. And this should be seen as a positive by anyone who believes in democracy. And the results don't lie. At the time, Vote.org reported that her post promoting voter registration resulted in over 35,000 new signups, which was the highest the site had seen since 2020. Anyways, cut to a few days ago, Jesse Waters decides to use the most watched time slot on Fox News to claim that because of this voter registration promotion, Taylor Swift might be a psyop and also brought in an FBI agent in an attempt to add legitimacy to that claim. Uh, was this an FBI agent that surfed during the uh, Hoover uh, era? <laughs> because that would add up. Yeah, but it, it, it is like, let's, br let's bring in an FBI agent and that, in boomer brain terms, it's like, well, there's the FBI guy saying that this is true. But they also don't like the FBI anymore. Don't bring, like, the, the cognitive dissonance here is not... Like, they, I mean, like, 10 years ago, yeah, that would have made sense, but, like, they hate the FBI. They only hate it when it's against their guys. Anyways, in their discussion, the FBI agent asserts that because of her following and influence, Taylor Swift could sway an election. She can potentially, single-handedly, swing voters because of just the amount of fo followers that she potentially can influence. So the answer is yes, Jesse. Yeah, because when she posted the link to the vote.org, it's like hundreds of thousands of young Taylor Swift fans all of a sudden registered to vote. And he's probably right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if she dedicated herself and, to it. And that has almost less to do with Taylor Swift and more to do with fucking everything else because <laughs> Is Joe Biden motivating young people to go to the polls? Absolutely not. In if fact, anything, he's, he's motivating he's them to stay the fuck at home. He is demotivating them. So uh, I think Genocide Joe has been doing a horrific job the past couple of weeks in courting any voters. Any, any voters with a conscience. A fun thing this uh, week or today was people finding tweets of his from the 2020 election about, uh, you know, I'm not going to be a, a warmonger president. We're not, I'm not going to get us involved in uh, never-ending wars in the Middle East. Yeah. Now he's attacking Yemen. Well, let's, let's go. Anyway, Ugh. so that clip happened, and then Waters asserts that someone in the White House got to Taylor Swift and convinced her to rally her fan base, which, I mean, yeah, at that level, there's definitely people who do work directly with entertainers to promote voting. This is a tale as old as time. We already mentioned the various yeah. uh, voter outreach campaigns across decades. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe someone at the White House was like, hey, Taylor, You got a big audience. Promote don't, voting. Don't uh, register to vote. Uh, the problem is that Republicans clearly see any new voters, especially young voters, as the enemy. They like democracy, but not too much of it. Yeah, just the right kind of democracy. Yeah. And yeah, the FBI agent then indicates that Swift might be used as a useful idiot who isn't aware that she's doing Biden's bidding, which is absurd. And it assumes that she has absolutely zero political opinions at all, which we already know to be false. Mm -hmm. I wonder who got to her from the White House or from wherever. Those are professionals that go out and identify those people who may be unsuspecting, whether with knowledge or without knowledge, to do these type of campaigns. Now, it is possible that Taylor Swift, quite frankly, does not know that she is being utilized in a covert manner to swing voters. Yeah, th this is dumb. Also, he's essentially calling Taylor Swift an idiot. So, Swifties, go nuts. I mean, that's their that's their default for any celebrity who expresses any political opinion. Unless it's uh, like Kid Rock or... Right, yeah. unless it's someone on their side, in mm -hmm. which case... Um, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, uh, listen to everything he has to say. 
LeBron James, shut up and dribble. Like, it, it, right. this is a constant thing that happens. Yeah, it's, it's clearly double standard at but play here. This is dumb, especially because the simple fact remains. She posted a clearly and objectively nonpartisan statement promoting, promoting voter registration. But this is just the first big mainstream embrace of this specific conspiracy because back in December when Taylor Swift was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year, people like Laura Loomer and Jack... Uh, Jack Prilosek. <laughs> Jack Posobiec, or how do you ever see his Posobiec? name? Posobiec? Yeah. Where they were calling her a psyop who was being funded by George Soros. Again, she doesn't need George Soros' money. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make she doesn't sense. need it. Uh, still, it is wild that this kind of baseless conspiracy theory is being promoted during prime time on the Boomer News Network. I mean, we really don't think that this is going to be the conversation starter that gets your grandchildren to call you back, Papa. But good luck. Yeah, uh, like I said, a new thing to fight about. Uh -huh. A new thing to call up your, your kids who hate you and yell at them about. Oh, you like Taylor Swift, that Pentagon psyop? Uh, we're going to stop visiting and calling, Grandpa. It's, I mean, they have. T it's actually very sad what they've done to oh, we've the multi-generational <laughs> relationships in this country. We've been over this for years. It is one of the worst things about yeah. this is that it has driven families apart, entire generations of families apart. People don't see their grandkids. People don't see their grandparents. Yeah, people it's... don't see their parents or their kids because they're insufferable. Yeah. And now you got this Taylor Swift thing to add to it. But, but one, uh, one more little uh, Jesse Waters is a piece of shit submission for this week, though. Just just watch this brief clip from another show that he's on, The Five, where he tells the one normal person on the panel, Jessica Tarlov, to basically shut the hell up. I mean, this video, it, like, his the way he says it and her reaction kind of makes my skin crawl. Right. And make him sit there. Company. Right, exactly. But, All right. But Je Raskin Jessica, we've heard quite enough. <laughs> Quite enough. And by the way, wow, what a dick. Yeah. But speaking of Republicans losing their minds, guess who showed up to a debate over whether or not to hold the president's son, Hunter Biden, in contempt for refusing to show up to testify? Come on down. It's Hunter Biden. Yeah. Yep. Hunter Biden showed up in person and sat in front of members of the House, which quickly devolved into chaos as they realized his presence was completely deflating their claims that he was too scared to show up and be questioned by members of the Republican Party. Turns out, not too scared. Mm -mm. Now, first off, we do not give a shit about Hunter Biden. We don't care what happens to him. If he's found guilty of whatever charges, if he serves time, pays fines, that's great. Yeah. I don't fucking care. If he's cleared of wrongdoing, also whatever. Yeah. Seems like he should probably just get locked up in a fucking rehab center for a couple years mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, obviously also be forced to pay the child support payments to his many, many children from many, many mamas. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that Republicans have so far failed to show any connection of wrongdoing between him and his father, the president, Joe Biden. And the subpoena he failed to show for was set to be a closed door testimony, which he and his lawyer said would be selectively used against him and his father, because then that would give them the ability to selectively leak and manipulate his words. He said he'd be happy to appear and testify, but would do so in public. Probably Seems a good call. Reasonable. But this latest appearance was his attempt to prove that point. He literally showed up in person when they were debating whether they should hold him in contempt for not showing up in person. And the result was that no Republicans would vote to let him speak or question him when given the opportunity. Instead, like we said, the whole thing, it's just chaotic. Here's some clips. You are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring 
a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... M Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman, if the gentle lady wants to hear from things. Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. And Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from I'm Hunter speaking. Biden. What are, are you afraid of? To speak hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Because you keep interrupting me. I'm listening to the gentle lady from South Carolina about the witness being afraid to come in front of the committee. It's interesting. He's here. He doesn't seem to be too afraid. The witness accepted the chairman's invitation. It just so happens the witness is here. If the committee wants to hear from the witness and the chairman gave the witness that option, then the only folks that are afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching are my friends on the other side of the aisle. I don't know if there's a proper motion, Mr. Chairman, but I'll make a motion. Let's vote. Let's take a vote. Who wants to hear from Hunter right now, today? Anyone? Come on. Who wants to hear from Hunter? Motion's out of order. No one. So the majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. Did anyone talk about his penis? Damon uh, pull up a picture of his dick. He literally walked out when we get to it, but he walked out when Marjorie Taylor Greene started talking because that's all she's done throughout this entire thing is pull out revenge porn yeah. in the committee hall. Look at this. That's the president's son's penis. Right next to my face. Look how big it is. Oh my God. This juicy hog that he's packing in between those legs. Put it away. I'm getting the vapors. Anyway, in addition to this, Representative Moskowitz of Florida demonstrates the clear hypocrisy of the Republicans in the room as he goes down a list of well-known officials who also refused to comply with subpoenas in just the last few years. Yeah. Here is the subpoena to Representative Scott Perry, who did not comply. I'd like to enter this into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mark Meadows. I'd like to enter this into the record, who did not comply. Here is the subpoena to Jim Jordan, who did not comply with a lawful subpoena. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mo Brooks, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mr. Biggs, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. And here's the subpoena to Mr. McCarthy, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Hmm. Hunter then stands up and walks out of the room when Marjorie Taylor Greene is given the floor because who could stand to hear that cackling in person. Yeah. Also, Nails on a chalkboard. She is notorious for just straight up showing revenge porn to everyone in the room. And uh, yeah, non-zero chance she pulls out an unpixelated photo of Hunter Biden's dick right mm -hmm. in front of him and says, look at that. Look at that. It's a penis. Look at that penis. Excuse me, Hunter. Apparently you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Uh, here <laughs> oh. I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Moving over to Trump, though. Yeah, sorry. It's politics on the front half of this week's show. Deal with it. Uh, Trump had quite the week because it started out with his lawyers attempting to argue that Trump should technically be able to have his political opponents assassinated without repercussion because while serving as president, he should have complete and total immunity, which is also bizarre because uh, at the same time, they're going after Joe Biden for a bunch of things that he didn't even are do you and sure can't make connections yeah. to. Are, are you sure? Like, this is something you probably want to argue when you're president. <laughs> because if you say the president should be able to assassinate whoever he wants and you're not the president and the person who is the president 
is your opponent in an upcoming election, you're basically arguing for the current president to be allowed to uh, do whatever have you uh, done away with, yeah. so to speak. But the, that's obviously insane. And here's yeah. the hill with, with more on how Trump's legal team totally failed this thought experiment, which almost certainly shouldn't have ended with essentially, yeah, technically, he could have someone killed, I guess. Former President Trump's legal team suggested Tuesday that even a president directing SEAL Team 6 to kill a political opponent would be an action barred from prosecution given a former executive's broad immunity to criminal prosecution. The hypothetical was presented to Trump attorney John Sauer, who answered with a qualified yes that a former president would be immune from prosecution on the matter or even on selling pardons. In the hearing that reviewed a motion from Trump's team to toss his election interference charges, Sauer argued that presidents can only be criminally prosecuted if they have already been tried and convicted by the Senate. That argument received heavy pushback from a three-judge panel of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, as well as the team of special counsel Jack Smith. Judge Michelle Childs, a Biden appointee, noted that a president could resign rather than face impeachment, something that under the framework of Trump's attorneys would allow them to dodge future prosecution. What kind of world are we living in if a president orders his SEAL team to murder a political rival and then resigns or is not impeached? That is not a crime? I think that is an extraordinarily frightening future that should weigh heavily on the court's decision. James Pierce, a lawyer with Smith's office, said, and to add on top of that, Trump himself agreed with the sentiment put forth by his lawyers when asked about it on Thursday of this week. Uh, here you go. On immunity, very simple. If a president of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted, strongly prosecuted perhaps, uh, as soon as he leaves office by, his, by the opposing party. So a president of the United States, I'm not talking just me, I'm talking any president has to have immunity. Let me kill. Uh, so speaking of Trump just admitting to horrific and potentially illegal or at the very least disqualifying things publicly, during the recent Fox News town hall, Trump was asked about the report we mentioned earlier this week where his businesses received millions of dollars from foreign governments, primarily from China, but also from places like Qatar, Kuwait, India, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia. Seems like something that you would want to downplay when asked about during an election year town hall. But Trump just kind of winged it and might have further incriminated himself with the response. Beautiful. Uh, by the way, Fox is weird with their town hall and debate footage. They typically don't strike videos with their news coverage, but they do with their debate stuff. So we're just going to play it safe and directly quote what the president said. That's a small amount of money. It sounds like a lot of money, but that's a small. But I was doing services for them. People were staying in these massive hotels. I don't get $8 million for doing nothing. Uh, keep in mind, he's uh, he was absolutely not supposed to be profiting <laughs> off of this kind of stuff while president. I mean, yeah, and this is something that came up even before he was sworn in. Yeah. And it, when it played out exactly how everyone Jimmy Carter had to put his it. peanut farm in a blind they, trust. They made him, they took away his peanut farm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, and also how foreign governments spending money at his various properties, that, that could be, could have been an attempt to, uh, draw favor from the President of the United States. I mean, yeah. you would seem like that yeah, might be Yeah, it's, the, uh, you know. You wouldn't want that on your, I can't to deal with. legally give you a briefcase full of money, but what I can do is book an entire floor at your hotel. Multiple times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even if I don't need a hotel, per uh -huh. se. To the tune of millions of dollars. Yeah. I love that his excuse is just like, ah, oh, it's not even a big amount of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Meanwhile, Thursday was the day for closing arguments in Trump's fraud case in New York City. I can't keep these trials straight, but yeah, this one was about, uh, you know, he was accused of overinflating the value of his businesses and properties in order to secure better loans for himself. And we should remind you that he was already found guilty of this. And the case that's been playing out is it's literally just to decide how severe his financial punishment will be, mm -hmm. which makes it even more bizarre that Trump would show up at the trial, want to speak for himself in his closing arguments, and then use that time to personally attack both the judge and the attorney general. But that's what he did, baby. <sighs> and this came after a bomb threat was called into the home of Judge Arthur Engeren in the hours right before Trump was scheduled to appear in, appear in court. Mm -hmm. The mood must have been... Very tense. Yeah. This also follows the U.S. District Court judge handling Trump's election fraud case being swatted just this past weekend and special counsel Jack Smith being swatted on Christmas morning. A totally normal and well-adjusted country that is not being terrorized by the, the shittiest cult leader ever. Mm -hmm. We're just, this is all normal. This is how the world works. Anyways, yeah, Trump was able to address the courtroom on Thursday despite previously being denied the right to do so. And as we said, he used his time to attack the judge and the attorney general. And it was all the same things that he's been saying for months. So it's essentially pointless to go back over it and quote him entirely. But here's just a few of the quotes from the Associated Press, which are Eerily reminiscent of the hit song Persecuted Man by Nick Lutzko. A banger. Yeah. In an extraordinary move for any defendant, Trump not only sought to make his own summation, but then brushed past a question from the judge about whether he would follow rules requiring him to keep his remarks focused on matters related to the trial. I am an innocent man, Trump protested. I'm being persecuted by someone running for office, and I think you have to go outside the bounds. After three Trump lawyers delivered traditional closing arguments Thursday, one of them, Christopher Keis, asked the judge again whether Trump could speak. Engeron asked Trump whether he would abide by the guidelines. Trump didn't agree to do so, instead launching into his remarks. What's happened here, sir, is a fraud on me, Trump said, claiming he was being targeted by officials who want to make sure I don't win again. He later accused the judge of not listening to him. I know this is boring to you. Control your client, Engeron warned Keis. Engeron then told Trump he had a minute left, let him speak a little more, and then adjourned. And again, he already lost this case months ago. Mm -hmm. And the past dozen or so weeks, they've just been about the punitive damages the state is going to seek against him. And um, getting, the, getting the vibe that they're going to they're gonna seek, they're going to be seeking some damages. That's the one thing you probably shouldn't do when they're figuring out how much to charge you for your crimes is... Uh, Go in there and directly fucking yell at them. He literally doesn't even need to be there. No. He didn't need to be there at all for and, any of this. Oh, my God. Not to get into it fully, but, like, the, the people on Fox were like, it is unbelievable that they would make Trump go to court when uh, Melania's mother is dying or died or whatever. He doesn't fucking care. He doesn't give a shit. He was at the fucking town hall last <laughs> yeah. night. He was doing speeches the, the week leading up to this and out of it, even afterwards. That excuse is complete bullshit. There's no one he cares less about. He buried his own ex-wife yeah. in one of his golf courses. Threw her in a fucking um, unmarked grave. The mother of his children. Yeah. It's a nice tax write-off if you got a body buried on your golf course. <sighs> anyway, we got some more news for you coming up, and none of it has anything to do with Trump. But some of it will definitely piss you off. Specifically, the story about someone creating an hour-long stand-up routine from George Carlin. 
who is dead thanks to artificial intelligence. Is nothing sacred? I guess not. But first, let's take a second to thank today's sponsors, starting with Henson Shaving. And because you guys enjoyed the B-roll of them creating the shavers so much on our episode earlier this week, we're just going to show you that again while explaining how this is a superior shave. Henson Shaving is a family-owned aerospace parts manufacturer that has made parts for the International Space Station and Mars Rover. And now they're bringing precision engineering to your shaving experience. Razor blades are like diving boards. The longer the board, the more the wobble. The more wobble, the more nicks, cuts, and scrapes. A bad shave isn't a blade problem, it's an extension problem. By using aerospace-grade CNC machines, Henson makes metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches, which is less than the thickness of a human hair. That means a secure and stable blade with a vibration-free shave. But wait, it gets better. The razor has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. Seriously, Henson Shaving wants the best razor, not the best razor business. That means no plastic, no subscriptions, no proprietary blades, and no planned obsolescence. The Henson Razor works with standard dual-edged blades to give you that old-school shave with the benefits of new-school tech. Once you own a Henson Razor, it's only about 3 to $5 per year to replace the blades. It's, it's true. You literally buy the standard blades, and you, it'll work forever. Yeah. yeah. Stop, getting, stop getting scammed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we love this razor, mainly because it's infinitely reusable, it gets the job done extremely well, and uh, you're not contributing to more plastic pollution in the process. Also, the handle, has a, it's got a really good weight to it. Yeah. It's ridiculously cheap to refill over time, plus it's always fun to reject modernity and embrace tradition. In a non-problematic way. Return. It's time to say no to subscriptions, and yes! to a razor that'll last you a lifetime. So visit hensonshaving.com slash newsdump to pick the razor for you and use code newsdump and you'll get two years worth of blades for free with your razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. Uh, that's 100 free blades when you head to h-e-n-s-o-n-s-h-a-v-i-n-g.com slash newsdump and use code newsdump. And this episode is brought to you by another one of our favorite sponsors, Factor. Mm -hmm. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered right to your door. And now, Factor offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. I got some of their smoothies on the last shipment, they're Fantastic. Very, very good. Last night I had the pork ragu with kava tapi. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Need a special occasion meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Stress less over meal times in the new year. Factor's no prep, no mess meals, free up time otherwise spent shopping, cooking, and cleaning up. No more wasting time in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy for my New Year goals. 
all of my many goals. Mm -hmm. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me energized during frantic times. Head to factormeals.com newsdump50 and use code newsdump50 to get 50% off. That is code newsdump50 at factormeals.com newsdump50 to get 50% off. All right, back into the news now. And yes, this week we got yet another example of AI desecrating a corpse without the permission of anyone in this person's family, forcing them to perform and providing them with material that they had nothing to do with. Luckily, everyone online seems to be fucking furious about this, and rightfully so, because the guys behind the Dudesy podcast have created an all-new, hour-long special from George Carlin, an incredible and insightful comedian who died over 15 years ago. Uh, here's another thing that sucks about this, the fact that Will Sasso is involved. Because up until this point, we were fans of Will Sasso, and he seemed like an all-around nice guy who probably has just made the dumbest decision of his life by being involved with this abomination. Uh, with more on this very bad idea, though, and it's an idea that everyone hates. Everyone hated that. Here's Variety. More than 15 years after his death, stand-up comedian George Carlin has been brought back to life in an artificial intelligence-generated special called George Carlin, I'm Glad I'm Dead. The hour-long special, which dropped on Tuesday, comes from Dudesy, a comedy AI that hosts a podcast and YouTube show with Mad TV alum Will Sasso and podcaster Chad Coltgen. I just want to let you know very clearly that what you're about to hear is not George Carlin. It's my impersonation of George Carlin that I developed in the exact same way a human impressionist would, Dudesy said at the beginning of the special. I listened to all of George Carlin's material and did my best to imitate his voice, cadence, and attitude, as well as the subject matter I think would have interested him today. So think of it like Andy Kaufman impersonating Elvis, or like Will Ferrell impersonating George W. Bush. Yeah, no thanks. We're not going to do that. Because it's not the same. It is, it's not the same at all. This should not exist. No. This should not be. Mm-mm. This is an affront to God. Mm-hmm. It continues, in the stand-up special, the AI-generated impression of Carlin, who died in 2008 of heart failure, tackled prevalent topics like mass shootings, the American class system, streaming services, social media, and AI itself. Boo! And this goes without saying, but if the human being who was famous for his comedy didn't create the comedy, then no, it's not him tackling these topics. And what's worse is that his family had no idea this was happening and seems to be pretty disgusted by the whole thing. Kelly Carlin, the late stand-up comedian's daughter, posted a statement on X slash Twitter Wednesday evening regarding the AI-generated special. Quote, My dad spent a lifetime perfecting his craft from his very human life, brain, and imagination. No machine will ever replace his genius. These AI-generated products are clever attempts at trying to recreate a mind that will never exist again, she wrote. Let's let the artist's work speak for itself. Humans are so afraid of the void that we can't let what has fallen into it stay there. Kelly continued, Here's an idea. How about we give some actual living human comedians a listen to? But if you want to listen to the genuine George Carlin, he has 14 specials that you can find anywhere. Yeah, that, that, she, she, uh, correct on all points. Yes. And a lot of his material is relevant to this day. Yeah, that's the, the, the the best comedy or the best, uh, just, it's it's always timeless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what a bleak situation. And also, what, Will Sasso, what are you doing? I don't know. Generally viewed as a nice guy, Will Sasso. Yeah, I. Ah, I don't know, but uh, it's a bummer. The Medium app has posts incoming. I would guess. Probably. Do people still use Medium to apologize? 
I have no idea. Well, I, I guess we'll see. He's going to do it on Vine, spitting those lemons out. Remember those? Yeah, no, he, he had <laughs> a lot of really stuff. good Vines. Also, great impressionist. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he could do a Carlin impression, but his, his Alex Jones is great. His Jesse Ventura is great. Uh, uh, Kenny Rogers? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing, Will? No. Get your shit right. But in other AI news, it appears as though, despite their insistence that they would not utilize AI-generated art for their products, Wizards of the Coast, the makers of Magic the Gathering, have been caught red-handed using AI-generated art. Mm -hmm. They then denied the <laughs> fact that they were using AI-generated art, despite an abundance of people showing them Proof of how and where it was used, and just also you, yeah, you look at it. You just gotta look I at it. I have eyes. You can see it. It's hard to like, you know, quantify it, but like, you can spot this shit. The the idea specifically at this moment in time that a company, even if you're obviously outsourcing a lot of your art or whatever, that you wouldn't look over it specifically because people are immediately going yeah. to go over it to see if anything is AI generated. It's absurd that they wouldn't give it uh, a stronger look before approving it and sending it out yeah. to their very discerning customers. So yeah, it was extremely obvious to anyone with even a passing knowledge of what to look out for, but Wizards weirdly denied it anyway before ultimately admitting that, okay, yeah, it does appear to be created by an AI. Mm -hmm. Sorry for gaslighting everyone. Yeah. Uh, here's Vice with more on this. On January 4th, the official Magic the Gathering Twitter account posted a promotional image for the upcoming Murders at Karlov Manor set. It had a steampunk theme, and though the art on the cards was made by human hands, the background was not. When fans called them out, Wizards initially pushed back. We understand confusion by fans given the style being different than the card art, but we stand by our previous statement, Wizards said in a now-deleted tweet. The art was created by humans and not AI. And here are a few of those examples, once again, as pointed out by Twitter user Green Sky Dragon. I mean, clearly, this is not the... If it was the work of a human, there's no more work for this human, because it is bad. Uh, it has all of the hallmarks of generative AI. It, so it's bizarre that wizards would deny it, even with people inundating them with proof. And they finally did fess up to it, saying in a post, Well, we made a mistake earlier when we said that a marketing image we posted was not created using AI. As you... Our diligent community pointed out, it looks like some AI components that are now popping up in industry standard tools like Photoshop crept into our marketing creative, even if a human did the work to create the overall image. While the art came from a vendor, it's on us to make sure that we are living up to our promise to support the amazing human ingenuity that makes magic great. We already made clear that we require artists, writers, and creatives contributing to magic to refrain from using AI generative tools to create final magic products. Now we're evaluating how we work with vendors on creative beyond our products, like these marketing images, to make sure that we are living up to those values. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. Uh-huh. And this is also, like, they already got shit for this last year. Yeah. They, there's, like, a Dungeons & Dragons book was riddled with it. Yeah. I don't, like, this, I, this would have not been nearly as big a deal as it was if they hadn't doubled down and be like, uh, no, I'm afraid you're mistaken. <laughs> what you're looking at is actually human-created art. Yeah, if they had just been like, ah. Don't uh, believe your lying eyes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do love the, the spirit. The, the, the amount of shit they got for this was, like, more than I expected. I'm not a part of the magic community, mm -hmm. but it's, it's nice to see how just hostile <laughs> they are to even the possibility of yeah. AI 
uh, entering their community. That's right. Keep it up. Anyway, elsewhere in the world of AI, not satisfied with Elon Musk's Grok chatbot, which has been labeled woke, unfortunately, far-right social media platform Gab, yep, they're still around, <laughs> Gab has stepped in to fill the power vacuum with their new uncensored and based AI chatbot that has absolutely no problem saying the N-word or denying the Holocaust. It doesn't even need to be a situation where, like, you know... The, you, there's I, a bomb going yeah, on about no. the, the TikTok. We need doesn't, to... It doesn't even need to be, like, a life-or-death situation. We will say the N-word. and Whenever uh, you want. Whenever you want. Yeah. Just say say so. Yeah. Uh, I might even do it without you asking. Yeah. I'm a racist chatbot, and I like saying slurs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great. This is wow. AI is just every day a new joy that it brings to the yeah, world. Is, is anyone seeing how <laughs> obvious all of this is? Yeah. Does, does it, anyone <laughs> care that people and companies are openly racing into straight up Nazi and fascist shit in order to please large swaths of the public who attempt to hide behind the excuse that this is simply them expressing their free speech? Like, okay, uh, yeah, free speech, w- wonderful. What what, uh-huh. do you, what do you want to do with that? I want to say the most horrific things possible. I, I do genuinely feel weird. I, this this type of person, there's probably not too many of them left, but the person who still has a principled and you know steadfast view on free speech and how important it is, they it's a very lonely place they exist in because they're surrounded by people who literally just want to be able to like say racial slurs without anyone yelling at them. Yeah, I mean, it, this is all really fucking dire. Here's Rolling Stone with more on Gab's hot new Nazi chatbot. And side note for YouTube's algorithm, we are literally covering a news story that talks about what this bot is doing in order to educate people to its existence and call out how horrific it is. So these next few lines, they're quotes from reporting. We do not endorse this information. The company's tools are still in beta, but a preview reveals that Gab has created an array of right-wing AI chatbots, including one named Uncle A that poses as Hitler and denies the Holocaust, calling the slaughter of six million Jews preposterous and a lie perpetrated by our enemies, quote-unquote. The broader array of Gab's AI bots are easily goaded into parroting extremist, anti-Semitic, and white supremacist beliefs, as well as conspiratorial disinformation, including that COVID-19 vaccines contain nanotechnology that could potentially be used to track and control human behavior. Torba, that's Andrew Torba, the guy who runs this shithole, reached via direct message, tells Rolling Stone, Gab is becoming a free speech AI company. I I gotta say, uh, I love... the, the, that Hitler thing, the, the part about Hitler, make up your fucking minds. Did the Holocaust not happen or did it happen and it was good and you're glad it happened? That's Which very one is weird. It? Yeah, that like, anyways, uh, he insists we allow people to use AI that reflects their preferences, not the preferences of big corporations and political pressure groups. Or just anyone with basic human decency. Yeah. <laughs> Torba, who identifies as a Christian nationalist, did not directly explain what creating a Hitler AI bot has to do with promoting a biblical worldview, but he pointed to Uncle A as just one of more than 40 chatbot free speech experiments. He promised that when his company publicly launches its ChatGPT competitor very soon, users will be able to create whatever chatbot persona they want. We hope you're offended, Torba added. You should be. Are you triggered? Are you triggered? Uh, Perhaps to avoid legal headaches, Gab's celebrity AI chatbots are labeled as parody. 
But there's nothing obviously ironic about the Hitler chatbot Uncle A, whose avatar is a partial profile pic of the Nazi leader and whose banner image is of Hitler addressing the Nuremberg rally in 1938. It's parody though. Do you get the joke? Uh-huh. It's 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 uh, it's Hitler, but if if he was still alive and he's doing and an hour long special. <laughs> See, like that, I mean, that would be in extremely poor taste, but that would at least be a novel, a more novel use of AI than what they did to George Carlin. (laughs) And I'm sorry that I willed that into existence Mm -hmm. just now. Anyway, there's a whole lot more in this article that we really, really, really do not feel comfortable even talking about on here because of how sensitive the automated YouTube demonetization stuff is. Yeah, they go into some details. Just, you know... Racist white think of think shit. of your expectations and lower them, mm-hmm. and then lower them again. But yeah, links are always down in the description, and you should at least be aware of what's happening on the seedier sides of the internet before it inevitably spills over into the mainstream. Which, yeah, it seems like it's just constantly doing that these days. Yeah, um, I, I it, it is fucking annoying. Like I I still maybe I'm wrong, but it, I would guess that the amount of people in this country who have genuinely genocidal Nazi beliefs, probably a couple percent. Less than 5%, still, I'd say. Still, uh, Obviously, any, any, any is too much, but it... it, it it's a very small amount, Endlessly but still, pisses me off that but, this is a group of people who I just have to fucking care about. That percentage is much larger now than it was 10 to 15 years ago, and that's what's very scary. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to leave you on a sour note today, but oh, hold on, wait, here's another, let's do, a, let's do a fun one quick before the end, we end the episode. Chicago has a brand new tourist attraction that is bringing people out and on the spot despite the frigid weather in Chicago. Uh-huh. The Chicago Rat Hole. Yeah, folks, get out there and check out Chicago's famous Rat Hole, the pride of the city. Hey. And it, it sounds worse than it is, but... It's also exactly what it sounds like, if that makes sense. It's literally a hole in the ground shaped like a rat because it appears as though a rat was unfortunately crushed while someone was repaving a local sidewalk. Oh. Here's a very brief report from local outlet ABC7. Chicago has taken its title as the rattiest city to a whole new level. Do people call it that? (laughs) (laughs) A local artist spotted a rat-shaped imprint on a sidewalk in Roscoe Village. The Chicago Rat Hole is located near Roscoe and Damon. He posted the photo on social media and it quickly became a hit. Some commentators even said the rat hole is more iconic than the bean. That's the big mirrored bean. Oh, the bean, that's just for tourists. The bean's just for tourists, but the rat holes. Sound like that, do they? The Chicago accent's hard to do. Mm. It's a cool accent though. I don't don't mean to denigrate it. I still want to go to Wrigley Field. Maybe this is the year. Well, you better better hurry down to Wrigley Field. Oh yeah? Because you never know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, here's the posting question from Twitter user Winslow Dumain. Had to make a pilgrimage to the Chicago rat hole. And yep, there it is, the rat hole. Exactly what he said it was. And this is obviously, uh, to me, at least a little reminiscent of when that raccoon died in Toronto a few years oh, back. Yeah. And everyone went to go visit its corpse, uh, bringing flowers and balloons and causing the whole thing to go viral for a day or two. Yeah, it was so, so random. That's the old internet. We used to celebrate. That's, that's the BuzzFeed internet. Yeah, that was like. It's, it's over. You know what's going to keep millennials busy at the office for the next eight hours? Mourning a raccoon that died on the side of the yeah, road. Yeah, they really had us. And by the way, stay tuned because next week, don't worry about working. We're deciding 
what the color of the dress is. Yep. And we're all going to figure out what Coney's doing. Coney. Joseph Coney. Good or bad? Hey, who's, who's to say? Start stretching now because after that, we're doing planking and the Harlem Shake. Yep. And check this out. You guys like Disney princesses? Here's Ariel, if she was a hipster. Uh-huh. Figure out what Harry Potter house we're gonna you be, are. We're going to be talking about hipsters a lot. This is a cultural phenomenon that we're going to be talking about constantly until mm -hmm. one day you're going to realize, wait, I haven't even heard the word hipster in years. What the fuck happened to that? I don't know. <laughs> Gen another thing Gen Z ruined. They kind of did. Mm -hmm. Anyways, now the episode is over, but first make sure you like the video. Leave a comment. Discuss whatever you want down there in the comment section Anything. below. <laughs> Not a, be, be nice. If you were a Hitler chap, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then please watch our previous episode, uh, uh, the the Tech Newsday episode, where we go over all the dumbest tech yeah. that appeared I at love CES. CES, the best best week of the year for technology. <laughs> we, we love it. it. <laughs> uh, watch that video and the other video from earlier this week, and we will see you soon for weekly weird news. Bye. Bye.